Hi, I'm Bjorn Roberts. I'm Jess Fishlock. This is Owen Singer-Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Holy Delivery Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I am here as ever with Ruth. Hello, Ruth. How are you? Hello. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks. Cold and snowy here, but uh, you know, other than that, still doing nothing, uh, which is uh, the same as everyone, I'd imagine. Yep. Apart from a, a few few people who uh, who have to man the coal face, as it were, you've got to feel for the folks that are struggling on at the minute. But for the rest of us, it's just get out the way and stay put isn't it yeah exactly so we hope we bring some light entertainment into your uh, into your into your week um we are going to be talking about a few different things today first of all lauren dykes uh, the welsh international retired today so we're going to have a few words about her uh, last week there was a friendly announced against albania for the men's team we're gonna have a quick roundup of the return to football dates that the faw put out this week for the welsh league and we're going to do uh, the kind of main bulk of our pod today about the transfer window uh, and the the Welsh clubs and kind of how it affects Welsh players as well. Um, we'll start with Lauren Dykes, Ruth. Just, I say fantastic servant, I think perhaps kind of downplays her footballing abilities as much uh, as anything, but she, she really was a great servant, but a great player as well. And, uh, you know, it's a shame she's not been able to have some sort of farewell, as we mentioned uh, last week, but just a fantastic player and uh, a big loss, I would say. Well, it's a, it's another name to add to that list that we were talking about last week, sadly, yeah, of, exactly. uh, of players that, that need honouring. Um, I, I agree with you, I think. And she still is a, a, a servant to Welsh football. She's obviously doing some coaching with some of the underage, yeah. underage girls at the minute and Hopefully that will carry on and, and you know, perhaps ultimately develop in, into more. But no, I mean, someone who's got 105 caps, you, you can't underestimate the impact of that um, in terms of her longevity and her contribution to so many different iterations of, of the squads over over the years. And But just, a, as you say, a very good footballer who's who's built a, a, a very... Uh, a very nice career for herself as as a footballer, and 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 had some, you know, she's played in the, uh, in the FA Cup. She's played in Europe, um, so you know, just overall a, a great player, and as you said, a, a great servant for Welsh football. I agree. I thought it was interesting that you know she's very she very much doesn't like the limelight. She's come off social mm. media. She obviously announced her retirement today through the FAW rather than kind of one of her own channels in inverted commas um so i thought that i thought that was quite interesting and kind of says a lot about her um i have quite a nice lauren dyke story to tell i've never met lauren but um she i when i was doing a a running challenge thing a couple of years ago i kind of posted it on twitter that i was doing it and you just every now and again you see a kind of a little donation pop up and you're kind of grateful for anyone that's done anything. So I got a notification, you've received a new donation and kind of clicked on my Just Giving page and it was from Lauren Dykes and said, you know, this is an amazing thing you're doing. Thank you very much. Um, You know, good luck with your challenge sort of thing. And I just, for someone I've never met, we've only kind of talked about on a podcast, I just thought that was really lovely. She didn't need to do that. You know, she doesn't know me. Um, And... I think that kind of gives you a bit of an insight into the kind of person that she is, where she kind of 
goes and I think she wants to go under the radar a little bit, but whenever mm. she kind of does contribute to anything, it always seems to be meaningful. And I think um, that that is something that you could you could say on and off the football pitch. So yeah, I, I think I think she's a great human being as well as a, as a great footballer ambassador. And, and I think as, as part of the Wales team, you know, I think we rightly look at your your Tash Hardings and your and your Jess Fishlocks and whoever else who are kind of the standout leaders of the team in a, in a vocal or expressive way and I think a lot of the time you need that person there that's kind of behind all that to kind of anchor things sometimes and I think Lauren Dykes was that um very much so and I, there's some there's some great photos in the in the campaign um for the World Cup that came out with with her and, and uh, the way Jess Fishlock was looking at her I seem to remember like this brilliant photo find someone who looks looks at uh, looks at you like Lauren uh, like Jess Fishlock looks at Lauren Dyke so yeah you could tell she's a kind of a key part of the squad um and uh, yeah I, I think I think hopefully she will go on to to have some involvement in Welsh football um being the manager hopefully perhaps one day I mean it she did say or it has kind of been released today that she is not kind of part of the of the discussion if you like to be the next Wales manager so that was an interesting in, in, in development in that as well the, the job application I understand closes quite soon so hopefully there'll be some movement on that before um, the next round of games where, whenever they may be at the start of that, you used the word meaningful, which I, th- I thought was a, it's a very good way to, to describe her contribution over the years, actually. I think she's been a bit of a bedrock. Yeah. And as as you said, I think it's it's easy for the gregarious people like like Tash and Jess to 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 be noticed. And you 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 can sometimes miss the impact of the quieter leaders like Sophie Ingle and Lauren Dykes and um and I, and I know that's not true within the group, yeah. but I think it I think it can be true outside of that. And and hopefully um, today has shone a little bit of light on on what she's brought uh, what she's brought to the squad. Uh, and I agree with you. I think in the longer term, I hope there's more of a role for her than working just with the under 15s. But that but I think it's important to let her find her her voice and herself as a coach before you add the pressure of, of, of more than that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I hope that she does go on to good things. I have no doubt that she will. Um, whilst we are talking about women's football, I just wanted to mention Lauren, um, Helen Ward, um, who this week signed for the London Bees, the championship side London Bees, um, on a dual registration arrangement, which I've never heard of before, but I thought that was interesting. But it means that she can return to inverted commas elite level um so she can continue to train obviously which is going to be important in terms of wales games especially coming up uh, whenever whenever they materialize in the next in the next few months so good news for her after obviously we were talking about her a couple of weeks ago yeah and i noticed she got on for the last um i think it was about the last 15 minutes of the game um at, at the weekend so um and you know she joined charlie escort there so i think that'll be a it'll be nice to be able to see them on the on the same field yeah, um i mean the the bees need some help uh they're they're uh, down in the i think it was ninth of 11 teams in in that league and and uh, and the teams behind them have got some gaming games in hand as well and looking at their goal difference their goal difference was minus 21 so they need they need a goal scorer so i can see how how helen's availability was was attractive for them and i think it's a it's a obviously it's a great solution for her in the short term um you know she's she's 
clearly a Watford girl um, and will be back there as soon as she can. But I think this is a good arrangement in the interim. Absolutely, absolutely. Worth pointing out that Charlie Escort scored in that game as well um, on the on the weekend. A, a defeat, but uh, a goal for Charlie Escort nonetheless. Um, to continue talking about Welsh football, um, the, the national team, there was a friendly announced last week as Wales will play Albania on the 5th of June at Cardiff City Stadium at 5pm kickoff. Um, I found it really interesting the wording they're using... Uh, on the the kind of releases whatever they've put out talking about it being a send-off for the team which kind of implies to me they're having or retaining some hope that there'll be some fans in the ground is that is that too optimistic am i reading too much into that through blind desperation (laughs) well i would imagine even if we're still in covid restrictions some something will be organized so it's a bit of a send-off even if it's you know video messages or or something um so I, I think the phrasing is generic enough that it, it kind of makes assumptions but doesn't. Um, I thought it was an interesting interesting uh, game. I'm glad to see that we're, we're at least planning for whatever UEFA end up doing. Um, the, you know, a, a, a Saturday game at a sensible time is, is nice to see as exactly. well. Those are pretty rare. Um, but... You know, it's it's going to be a version of a home game. I, I don't think there's any expectation that we're going to have a normal home game, even by then. Yeah, um, I think you're probably right. I'm just uh, trying to give myself something or anything to look forward to. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's quite a, quite an interesting friendly. Obviously, they beat us um, in what has been the low point, I would say, of, of Ryan Giggs' spell as manager mm-hmm. so far. But, um, you know, they qualified for Euro 2016. I think they did pretty well in their Nations League group. So I would say it's a good kind of, um, a good game, I would say, to, to get us off to the Euros with. I'm assuming, given when our first game is, that there may well be another friendly uh, wherever we're kind of staying, if you know what I mean, wherever wherever we go to before we go to Azerbaijan. I assume we're not going to stay in Azerbaijan, again, assuming that the 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 shit show of travelling around Europe will still be will still be the case. So um yeah it'll be an interesting one that and I think they'll probably have one more away game before. But it's good to see like you say that they're planning. I think it'll be the sort of game where whatever plan B is at that point, I would say that that would be a good sort of game to test out and use whatever plan B is going to be. Yeah, agreed. I think the the friendly in March and and that well if the one in March happens and that one of you know they've got to be used as um staging kind of uh planning fixtures haven't they yeah absolutely so yeah looking forward to that hopefully um my positivity is not blind and uh, we will we will have some fans in the stadium uh, somewhere along the line at least um to look a little bit further forward now to the next thing that we wanted to mention which was the return to football dates that the faw put out this week which i found very interesting it was interesting. I think it's, um, I mean, it's also hard, Dave, isn't it? Everyone's planning as yeah. best they as best they can. And and you've got to feel for the organisations because the goalposts keep changing a bit in terms of what is elite and, and, and what isn't. But, I mean, it's good just to, just to see some dates on paper and at least people can plan for those early to mid-March starts, all, all things being well. Um, you know, whether whether Wales is in a position to move from tier four to tier three by then. I think that's a bigger question. But, um, 
you know, you've got, you've obviously got to have some run in time and for for these fixtures to start. So I think a, a, at least people can plan in some sort of framework now. I do wonder as well, you know, if this is, would be an opportunity to kind of, to let some fans back into football again. I, I know I'm hanging on to that, but I just think uh, that there's not going to be, relatively speaking, huge numbers. You know, you're not going to get 20,000 people turning up. Um, people can kind of spread out well enough outside. Um, they're not confined to stands as, uh, as, as they are in some places. So I do wonder if this may also be an opportunity to get some fans back into stadiums. Um, I think a lot of what the National League Board have said and, and have kind of come and talked about is is the financial aspect and they kind of need something to be able to keep ticking over financially. So again, that did make me wonder if uh, there will be kind of some sort of fans back in anyway to kind of give a give a route back to that sort of thing happening. Um, but again, I could be just be wildly optimistic. Um, the other thing that I found interesting was that the the Welsh Women's Premier League will be included in the um, the, the the elite status as well. I wondered, just you know, trying to kind of see the impact of that elsewhere. Whether you whether we could see perhaps more of the the dual registration type thing that we, we've seen with Helen Ward there, where this may give an opportunity for some people to come back who aren't playing elite level football in other places and, and be able to continue playing football. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the powers that be will, will facilitate that where, where possible. And the, you know, everybody just approaches this with... Um, with a kind of pragmatic and flexible approach to try and help help people play, but then you've also got to feel for the for any players that are a part of that that organisation normally and might get bumped by you know someone someone switching around if it, if it's all a bit of a free for all as well. So I think you know it's got to be managed in some way, but equally I think the it's encouraging to see the women's league put into that sort of elite band, although it's not quite elite enough to make it to tier four. And, you know, it's all, it's all a bit strange. Um, I won't, I won't pretend that the swapping and changing of what's defined as elite hasn't been frustrating. Um, But as I said, I think it's, it's good to see a framework moving forward. I do worry about the use groups. I mean, I don't think there's, again, I don't think there's an easy solution to here and if you you know if you've got schools shut then you can't really make a case for having kids that it's you know they're not the circumstances such they can't be in school but they can be out training for a football team so you know i can understand the rationale uh but you know you do worry about how those how those youth team players are going to be progressing in this framework yeah, and, and to be honest, I do understand the logic with that one. I think you can't have schools closed and then and then that happening. I think they've got to kind of find a cutoff and some common sense somewhere. You know, they've been clever, I think, with the way they've worded how the the MG Cup might be coming back as well. And, you know, if, if, if the playing calendar allows, they've kind of worded that quite well. Um, as for the as for the for the youth stuff, I agree. I think it's a shame. Um I think also it's probably the right decision. I think they have to kind of be reasonable. And I recognise there might be kind of longer term issues in, in terms of on the football side. But I think in reality, that's probably probably the right thing to do. Um, 
there were a few other things that I and I think it just goes to show the the determination to complete the league season um in in terms of some of the other cup competitions and obviously the 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 league's divisions if you like below um the the Welsh Premier in terms of um the the pyramid that are still being allowed to play like the Cymru North and South um are still going to play most of these seem to be starting on the 20th of March which really isn't you know isn't that far away so um I think I, I am. I'm glad that they are kind of making a plan early to complete the leagues and, and showing that there will be uh, a conclusion one way or the other. Yeah, I think the the emphasis on the leagues is important. We can we can live without a cup competition for a year or a exactly. year or two, even if it comes to it. Um, but I think it's it's more important to have the integrity of the leagues um, maintained if possible. Exactly. I mean, they're talking about the the Welsh Cup being kind of pushed back to further down the line mm-hmm. as well. So, but again, you know, I think that's a sensible way to do it. Kind of give yourself a bit of wiggle room. If we can play a bit of bonus summer football at the end or spring football at the end, then that's great. And we'll just see how we go. Um, okay. So um, the last thing and we've rattled through this quite quickly. Actually, the, <laughs> the main bulk of what we wanted to talk about today was. Um, the transfer windows really we want to talk about Cardiff, Swansea, Newport and Wrexham in terms of, of transfers as well as a few kind of selected others um, I wanted to start with Cardiff City if that's okay with you only because okay. mainly because of the the, the Johnny Williams signing um, <laughs> I will say before I mean, we go we go too far down the line I have found it a little bit weird that Cardiff applied for some sort of financial help from the league like a uh, a COVID loan, for want of a better expression, yet they have spent money on Johnny, they've spent mer- money on Perry Ng from Crew, and they've spent money on Max Waters from Crawley as well, which, which I do find a bit a bit interesting, but I'm sure I'm sure we will get into that. Um, yeah, Johnny Williams is obviously the, the most interesting one, though, from all of that. Um, what do you make of his signing, and do you think it's a, a good move for him and for Cardiff? Little surprise, to be honest. I can see how it worked for Charlton, He's out of contract in the summer. They made a bit of money while they while they could. And you can under, understand Johnny being interested in going to Cardiff and, and going up a league. But equally, he was getting you know decent game time at, at Charlton. And I'm not sure he's necessarily going to get that at Cardiff. He's already had a knock in training yeah. in a in a way that seems to happen with Johnny all the time. Um so I'm I'm not convinced about it as a as a productive move for him. I'll I'll be honest. I agree in 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 a couple of ways. I mean, from his perspective, I think he's looked at it as I played my best football of my career that at Ipswich with Mick McCarthy. He kind of mentioned that when he signed. So I think that was a part of the move from his from his ang- angle at end. I tried to say <laughs> and angle at the same time and said eng. Anyway, um, cool story. Um, you know, looking at some of the statistics, though, you mentioned obviously he's getting good game time for Charlton. He, you know, he's playing in a in a decent number of matches, but he's not completed ninety minutes once in the in the league this season. The closest he's got is is playing eighty minutes. So I I, I don't know if I, you know obviously he wants to challenge himself at a higher level, but maybe there was a, an element of frustration in, in that he wasn't getting as much game time as he wanted perhaps at, at Charlton, which is why another reason why he wanted to move up. I can understand that sort of mentality from, a, from, from his point of view, but I, I'm given his injury woes, I think not blasting through 90 minutes twice a week 
is is probably actually a good model for Johnny. So yeah, I'm less I'm more concerned that he is in a position to be playing regularly and perhaps play 70 minutes than he knocks out, as I said, 90 minutes after 90 minutes. Uh, I, I think, to be honest, that ultimately the decision was probably Charlton's because they were in a position to make a little bit of money by moving him in this window. Yeah, as you said, he's leaving. He, he was he was at the end of his contract anyway. Um, the one thing again from Cardiff's angle, I'm surprised at is that they paid 200 grand for him, but it's only a, a six month contract with an option to an extent to an extent again from what I understand of it. I'm a little bit surprised they paid that much money for him on a on a six month contract on the basis that he could leave for nothing in 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 those six months. If I, I mean, again, I'm sure there's more to it than that, but that did strike me as odd. They might just not have wanted to have got tied up into anything for longer, perhaps, Dave. Yeah, true. I, and I get it, but it's still, then you're kind of wasting the two, maybe not wasting 200 grand, but you're certainly, you know, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. Um, just, to, just to stick on uh, Cardiff, Aidan Flint got recalled from his loan at Sheffield Wednesday, he, so he's come back, as is Kieran Brown, has been recalled from Livingston. Um so they are kind of patching up the squad a little bit uh, to an extent. They brought in Max Waters, who's a, a, a striker from Crawley, who has scored a lot of goals in in, uh, in League Two this year. Equally, um, I guess that they needed to do something. They replaced him uh, with Glatzel. Uh, Glatzel replaced... No, other way around. <laughs> the new <laughs> lad coming in has replaced Glatzel, is what I was going to say. I, I, I understand that I don't think they were a direct replacement for one another, but in, in terms of numbers and, and position in the squad, um, again, one million pound for a for a player of that level who's unproven in the championship. I just, I'm unconvinced. I got to be honest. That's the one that surprised me. I'll be honest. Um, it seems a lot of money for well, relatively to to football figures anyway. Um, for uh, a player to come up from from Crawley, he's he's. One for the future, obviously. I'd Like you said, I don't think you can view him as a, a direct replacement for Glatzel. And Glatzel going off to loan in Mainz, you feel like there's more of a story there than yeah. than we're aware of. Um, but yes, I, I, I can't disagree with you. I think it, it, it was a surprising amount of money for an untested player. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an element of the, of the Glatzel deal that has gone about finances. Um, I mean, obviously they've had to rejig things perhaps to get some of the new players in so they've you know Gavin White has gone out Greg Cunningham's gone out and Robert Glatzel has gone out so I wonder if there's a financial element of that that uh, offset bringing the new players in they needed to go I mean I'd imagine Glatzel was probably on decent money yeah yeah presume presumably and and there might be a host of personal reasons well why some time in Germany yeah. makes sense yeah very true very true um I mean Cardiff have, you know, bounced back, shall we say, after obviously a, a bad run and they've got their first uh, win for Mick McCarthy against Bristol City on the weekend, 2-0 win. I'll be honest with you, I have not seen any of it, um, but I understand that it was um, a bit more of a return to the uh, Neil Warnock style of football, kind of, a, you know, much more direct um, and it kind of worked. Obviously, I've, I've seen Kiefer Moore's goal, to be fair, but uh, a, a well-worked head to the back post, but... Um, maybe a little a little chink of light at the end of the tunnel for Cardiff? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, second the second goal that Moore scored was actually a nice, nicely taken yeah. uh, header at the back post, wasn't it? The, the first one was more a result of um, non-defence than it was of anything that Cardiff did, really. It was a, effectively an undefended header from a free kick um, 
but they took it well. You know, you can't say they didn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I th- sorry, go on. I thought the addition of Perry Ng was a very interesting one, actually, um, coming over from from Crew. He's he's played in all four uh, all four games since he arrived. He's got a bit of versatility to him. They've used him as both right side of midfield and, and as a sort of right back. Um, so I think he's bringing a bit of, um, well, he obviously brings a bit of nasty with him. He's got a rather embarrassing quantity of, um, of suspensions for off, for off the ball incidents, uh, lost, lost, um, four weeks to what was described as an off the ball incident. I'm not quite sure what happened and six weeks for spitting. Um, So he's, you know, he's got, he's got a temper on him, which may have to be watched. Uh, But crew obviously saw something in him. He was captaining the side by the time he left. He was instrumental in getting them promotion last year. I think he may turn out to be a much more important acquisition than it looks like, you know, face value at the minute. I mean, Cardiff definitely needed that that right back slash wing back, whatever whatever the system they're going to move on and play now. But um, you know, they were very thin in that area, so I guess it was a, a necessary purchase to say the least. But um, I didn't know that about him though. I, I, I obviously not the spitting thing. That's disgusting. But I do quite like a, a player who's a bit of a bastard. Um, so I hope that I hope that works out. Um, so yeah, I, I think Cardiff. I would describe their transfer business as mixed. I think there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely some positives to it, but I, I just I'm not sure. As as with everything with Cardiff at the moment, I feel like everything that Cardiff do is a mishmash of thinking and how they're making progress and what they're doing, and everything seems a bit jumbled. And I suppose the transfer window is uh, is very much in line with that uh, in line with that thinking. I mean, they they you know they're still very much not out of the out of the woods in the relegation battle. So you've got to hope that. You know what Watters, if that, I don't know how you say his name, comes in and kind of contributes with goals, and obviously Johnny, um, and hopefully Harry Wilson will continue to get more game time as well now. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting end to the season for Cardiff. Um, to look at Swansea, I think it's safe to say that they have done very, 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 very well uh, <laughs> in the in the transfer window. Before we do talk about this, I just want to mention their their win on Friday night against Norwich. I mean, obviously a massive game in terms of importance in the league. Obviously Norwich were were top. Um, And just a magnificent, committed, battling, fighting, footballing performance of just a a wonderful quality, really. Um, Hurahane is the the person we're going to be talking about most, I, I, I would imagine. But, I mean, just so much to be impressed about. It was actually a lovely game to watch, and it and it kind of echoes what we were saying in a in a previous pod that they're they're just a joy to watch yeah. at the moment. I think I think there's a few teams I would turn on the telly for more more readily than putting on a Swansea game actually, and they completely outclassed Norwich on Friday. And I know Norwich are having a a bad spell by their teams, and they they are a better a better side than than we saw on on Friday really. Um, but I just, I just love. I, I think what I love about the Swans at the minute is that they are so incredibly stingy at the back, and yet play genuinely proper, flowing, creative football. It shows it's not, it's not an absolute kind of black and white decision between being a proper football inside and this kind of 
dogmatic defensive side. You don't actually have to make that an either or choice. You can play football and have both of those qualities. And I think that's what's so particularly attractive about watching them at the minute. I couldn't agree. I was going to say something similar myself, actually. Um, yeah, I think there is a sign of very, very, very good coaching. I think mm-hmm. it's not, you know, uh, uh, any team can kind of switch a formation round and, and you know, we're going to press higher today, lads. Like anyone can do that. See Steve Bruce. Um, but I, I think when you can adapt your styles week after week and adapt your style to how you kind of manage and control games within the game itself, that is a, a sign of, of great coaching. And I think if you watch how Swansea play, when they need to be floating and attacking, um, they know how to do that. That someone doesn't need to give them a signal. They kind of recognise the time and the moments in games to do it. Equally, you look at that Brentford game, you know, a 1-1 draw, vital game really, and vital result given they were down to 10 men. Again, I'm, you know, I'm not saying, you know, Steve Cooper sat on the sideline, I'm going to pack the crisps. But they, they recognise as players what they need to do to see games out and again I think that is an example of great coaching and I think he deserves just enormous credit to look at the players uh, that Swansea have signed I think is is really interesting reading I mean we were talking there about Cardiff and the, the players they've got in I think Swansea have been really clever about what they've done and how they've done it um, obviously the big name is, is Conor Hurahane. Um what are your thoughts about him? He's such a classy driving midfielder, isn't he? And assimilated very well into the group. Um, I think there is a confidence that he brings that that releases the the wing backs even more than they had been. Um, And you can't argue with three goals in in three games. Decent return. (laughs) You know, something's going right if that if that's his, his scoring rate. So no, I think he's kind of embedded uh, a bit of a bit of drive in the centre of that midfield. Yeah, absolutely. I think the word you use there is classy. I think that is the that is the correct term. I think from what I understand, he was in, in you know he was hoping to play for Villa this year until Ross Barkley came in. So it's not a bad player to be displaced by. So the fact that he was in Villa's plans um, in a, in the Premier League before moving to Swansea, you know, well, admittedly that was at the start of the season. But you know, a great classy sign, as you say. He's brought goals. He's brought dynamism. He's got an edge to him. I think he's uh, an excellent signing, and you'd you'd like to think that it's the sort of player, perhaps, that if they if they do go up, that he will, you know, it could look like a good move for him in the long term as well. He could continue playing professional um, Premier League football, and um, yeah, an interesting signing. I think he's one that will, you know, has a great value to Swansea. I think. I think it's a, a, a perfect loan signing for everybody, isn't it? Villa, Villa get a good player, one of their good depth players, getting some playing time. He obviously wants some playing time. Swansea get a Premiership quality player, so it's a it's a good loan all round. And as you said, if if promotion, fingers crossed, does come their way, then hopefully it's a tempting, more permanent move for exactly. him. Um, I, I mean, really, the big names, if you like, to come out of this were, were Jordan Morris, who's come from Seattle Sounders, and Paul Ariola, who's come from DC United. The DC United link, I was, I was really interested by because I think I mentioned this um, well about a month ago before it kind of actually happened. You know, see, so you're getting all the exclusives uh, here at Coleman <laughs> Harden Dream. Um, yeah, they, obviously, the owners have links to, to DC United as well. I wonder if this might be the start of, of things to come in terms of getting players from the MLS, but players that they can kind of develop on both sides for DC United and for Swansea City as well. 
I do think it's interesting, particularly when you consider how offset the respective seasons are. You can, you know, you can actually play a sort of half season in in yeah. each side of the Atlantic, and and uh, and as you say, give people exposure and and developmental work. And you know, I mean, if ultimately those two American clubs are probably looking to sell these players onto European. Uh, European teams. It's a way to get people in the spotlight. Uh, I mean, the, the the sort of money that Jordan Morris is being talked about for a permanent uh, move would would break records over here. Um, so you can understand why it's attractive to the American owners to have both have those player assets fully utilised, but also from the point of view of leveraging those assets. For, for future for future sales exactly um, i mean if you look at it and for, i think it's, sorry go on. i'm sorry i think it's also good for it's also good clearly for american football if they can have have some tra- some transatlantic traffic as well yeah i was just about to say that i think it's so important that they have that not just for the club because obviously i think it's probably a good selling point to the club if you say look if you come over and do well we can get you into european football we can at least guarantee you some championship football then i think that you know that's an interesting one but also i think that having those those links is definitely beneficial for all concerned i think uh, the national team um, very much so in the in the us side as well so um, he's an interesting one, but Jordan Morris is the is the kind of standout signing for, in, in a lot of ways, really. He's a lot of potential, a lot of positive noises coming out about him. You know, I think the fact that the Sounders fans were as upset as they were that he was he was coming across here, even if it's just alone, I think says a lot about the, the situation. So he's definitely one to, to look for, I think. Yeah, and I think in those, you know, those short, I think it's two games he's played, maybe 20 minutes each in so yeah. far. Um you, you can see that kind of harrying, energetic game that he has. He makes lots of space. He pulls defenders with him. So I think that's... And you can see how he fits the style that Swansea have as well. Yeah, I think the harrying, is, his pace, you know, is positive as well. He's definitely got that quick turn of pace, isn't he? So I think, yeah, he fits into the style well. Um, and I think, it's, it's, again, is it's another good move for everyone. Um, another one I was interested in was Kieran Freeman. Uh, as coming mm-hmm. uh, another Welsh, uh, another well former Welsh player. I don't know. Is he out of cap? I should probably research that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, again, another interesting signing, kind of shoring up the defence a little bit as well. So I, I just think it's another example where I feel like Swansea have looked at what they needed, identified where they needed some added depth, and have and have really worked on that in intelligent ways. Yeah, I th- I thought the addition of Morgan Whitaker was. Another example of that as well, of looking forward. I thought it was interesting that he's the one player they've actually spent some money on. Everybody else is loans. Um, and when you consider they've spent just over a million a million on him, and so it's a comparative expense to what Cardiff have spent on Waters, and yet you've got someone with some exposure in the championship, admittedly a, a small amount, but at least some championship ex- exposure come from a team like Derby, has played in the England age groups. Cooper obviously must must know him well and sees him as one for the future. But I think it's an, it's an interesting illustration of what the two teams have been able to achieve um, with similar amounts of money. No, absolutely. And I think Cooper using his links well is the, is the key to that, in, in my view. Mm-hmm. Um, Kieran Freeman has had a Wales camp. I've just googled that whilst you were talking. Was it was it on the chart? Was it part of the China Cup? Was it part of that? 
Oh, I didn't do that much to you. I just saw that he had one cap. <laughs> you, can, you can Google that while I'm talking. <laughs> um, I mentioned on Twitter uh, at the start of the window, I was a little bit concerned about Newport and the, the players that were kind of coming and going from their setup. Um, they have brought in a decent number of players, but also there's a decent number of players that have that have left as well. Um, I mean, I think that the big the big name, if you like, coming in, Nicky Maynard, seemed like a, an interesting signing. Um, he's obviously scored the winner on his debut uh, for for Newport. They were desperately in need of goals. I think that was that was obvious from their last few performances. So I think having someone with a bit of experience coming in is, is obviously going to make a difference, and has already made a difference. I think you're right. I think he's been brought in as the kind of, excuse the expression, but the wily old pro kind of head at the at the front there. And you could you yeah. could see it on. I only saw the highlights from the weekend's game, but you could see him sort of messing it up a bit. And God knows you've got to get messy on that pitch at Rodney Parade, haven't you? Oh, what a state! It doesn't look um, good, does it? Uh, there's not a lot of grass there, is no. there? Um, so. I, I can see, you know, I can see the merit in having someone with that kind of um, just sort of experience and nouns. But it does feel like it's the usual uh, merry-go-round of lo- of lone players in that kind of League One, League Two system, doesn't it? Where, you know, it's 10 in, 10 out. We'll see what falls out in the wash kind of approach. Yeah, exactly. Um, and... I, you know, it's it's early doors to know the impact that um, that they're going to have. But I do I did think it was interesting that three of the the new loan signings all started at the weekend. So, you know, they're obviously seeing something in their arrival. Yeah, I think so, and I think if maybe it was just an element of needing to freshen things up as well. Obviously, we know that the the kind of results that have happened for, for Newport recently obviously they did win on the weekend they beat Grimsby 1-0 despite being down to 10 men like I said Nicky Maynard got his got the goal so you know perhaps that was just what they were looking at they needed to freshen things up they needed to change things up and you know potentially it, it it's already worked for them um they the, do need to do something about the red cards though Dave I mean, they they can't keep playing with ten men. It's, it's gonna. <laughs> well, my the way I look at it is, if when they start not getting people sent off, they'll feel like they've got twelve men because it'll be such a novelty for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll. There is, in my opinion, limited though that is, there must be something to that more than than just yeah. bad luck. I think you know people are getting sent off bad decision making I don't know if there's you know a huge uh, amount of tension around the plate at the moment because of results I don't know whether there's frustration because they can't play the football they want to play because the pitch is a you know is not far off a bog I mean I saw someone posted on Twitter on the weekend the the rugby team playing before uh, over the weekend and you know they were just churning up the pitch and I don't know whether that's a factor. I mean, I, I think I think perhaps there's a lot of small things contributing to it. But I think you're right. They something needs to be done to to kind of maybe calm them down, and maybe the coaching team look, need to look at a, for a different approach, perhaps in in terms of how they prepare the team for the game. Because to have four people sent off in in five games is just well, you're not going to go anywhere without you. No, I mean it's a miracle they're still in fourth. I think at the minute, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I, I don't think you're wrong. I think. The, it's a cumulative little things, you know, the, as you say, the quality of the pitch being behind in games and chasing, 
being ahead in games and getting angst, you know, all all of the above. They've all they've all manifest in one way or another. But so the, the the temperature just needs turning down a touch somewhere because it's yeah. it's going to catch them out eventually at this rate. Hundred um, percent. The other person I thought was interesting was Aaron Lewis, um, Wales under-21s player coming in, started his career with Swansea, he's been at Newport before. Um, he joined them on uh, loan until the start of January, um, and then at the end of February, it left Lincoln by mutual consent and then rejoined Newport a day later, I think it was. So he signed a contract until the end of the season. I do think that's a very good buy. Um, I think... To have a young player like that, a Welsh player, I think he needs a bit more experience. He's had kind of sporadic uh, opportunities to play here and there, never playing more than seven games in a season, really. But obviously, something at Lincoln wasn't right. So I'm I'm glad he's he's come come back to Newport. I think he could be a, a good signing for them as well. Yeah, I think hopefully the, the stability of, of staying put, well, sort of staying put, is is beneficial for him. Yeah, I hope so, and I and I hope that he gets a, a good run at things. Um, looking at Wrexham, I I guess because of the circumstances, we shouldn't really have expected too much in the way of of transfers. Although there was the the kind of promise in inverted commas of money ma- uh, being available, um, with the la- with the deal not being completed, uh, I, I say that that was the case at the time. Obviously, um, the 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 financial authorities have given that the go ahead. So hopefully that will be announced at some point this week. But uh, yeah, you know, very limited uh, transfer activity. Um, one player leaving and uh, and two coming in. So I do, I, I guess that Wrexham are just going to have to kind of see through the rest of the season with what they've got, and maybe that everyone is kind of happy enough where they are. They don't want to spend too much money. They don't want to rock the boat too much. They're not a million miles away from the playoffs, although you know the the result on the weekend didn't help that. So maybe it was just a case of, right, we just need to see this season through, see what happens, and then we can kind of reassess at the, at the end of the year. I guess perhaps they were looking at it. They don't want to throw a load of money at it things don't work out and then you've spent a load of money and nothing you know you've kind of wasted six months before you can actually properly affect things um from the eyes of the new owners yeah i think the timing of the close of the transfer window and the and the delay on on getting the rubber stamp on the takeover and things i think that all just kind of pointed to a holding pattern like why why invest any money right at the minute i think the addition of dio angus is is quite interesting um he was uh, part of the Barrow side that got promotion last year. Um, so I, th- I think they're looking to bring some National League kind of positive experience, as it were, to the squad and, and hopefully build on um, on his experience of playing with, with Barrow, both in the National League and up in, up in League Two earlier this season. But he's the only real real addition of of any note i think yeah they they did get tyler french on loan from bradford uh, sorry free transfer sorry from bradford um but again you know a young player still kind of learning his way i i don't think that's going to have a massive impact for now but i i agree i i they they're just kind of again like i say just kind of seeing things out i think for the summer given mm-hmm. the given the uncertainty at, at the club at the time um a disappointing result for them on the weekend obviously Winning going into the 95th minute, you expect to kind of see that game out and to end up 2-2 is a, is a big disappointment. Yeah, it's, it's happened a few times recently where, where they've lost points late in games 
um, you know, either three turned into one or there was a, a defeat as well, wasn't there? But um, I mean, it's three draws and a win in the last few games, which is an improvement. Uh, but it's, it's it all just feels a bit kind of sedentary and ordinary and a bit stuck in the mud at the moment, doesn't it? And I think, and I don't think that you're really going to see anything invigorated until the new ownership can really get hold of the place and shake and shake it up properly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know we've said this last week on and previously, but the league is a bit of a mess as well at the moment. You know, yeah. they've they've played, you know. A, a game or so more than most around them, but by the same token, they are uh, they're five points off being second in the league. And admittedly, there's games in hand to be to to kind of go into that, but it just goes to show how tight that league is. And I just I don't know. I I feel like perhaps this needs to be the the ownership thing needs to be clarified. I think until that is clarified once and for all, I know we're kind of just waiting for the ink to dry. It feels like, but I think once that's clarified once and for all, then I think they can start to kind of make real progress. And as I see, I, I hope the season doesn't kind of dissipate because they are very much kind of still in the hunt for something. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest hope at the minute is to is to snatch a playoff place when you consider that that goes down to, is it seventh, I think, seventh, in, that, yeah. in that league. Um, you know, you've got a reasonable chance of grabbing a playoff place and then you get to the point where you never know. And I think yeah. in, in this, this year of all years where everything is so topsy-turvy, and clearly the quality of excuse me clearly the quality of those teams is all much of a muchness there you never know what might happen in the playoffs but i think that's about the best they can hope for at the minute yeah i totally agree i totally agree and you know we 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 hope that they get there um i don't have anything else have i missed anything out i i actually wanted to mention ben woodburn as a kind of just within the context of transfers and loans and things because he was his his loan at Blackpool wasn't extended by Liverpool, so he's now black back at Liverpool. Um, he had played a reasonable number of games up at up at Blackpool. I think it was thirteen or fourteen across across the half the half season. Um, he got COVID, and obviously that took some time and kind of um, slowed slowed his assimilation up in up in Blackpool, and that didn't help certainly. Um, but I think I thought it was interesting that Liverpool brought him back. Uh, I, I think he's a bit of a concern uh, in terms of his his development. But then, interestingly, he was straight back in the Liverpool under twenty threes. He captained them at the weekend, oh, really? um, although although they were it was a heavy loss. Um, but I think between I think between Liverpool's injury concerns and just wanting to kind of reevaluate and get your own coaches onto a player. I can see the plus of having him back, but I do, I, I am a little bit worried about where he's going with these, with this cycle of, of loan spells. I wonder if there's a chance that he maybe needs to leave Liverpool and, and reset a little bit. And I mean, I'm, you know, go down to a, to a league two type club and, kind of not be there on a loan assuming that you're going back somewhere else later but go back there and have a look and you know kind of establish yourself as a professional footballer not someone who's kind of floating around um I'm just I wonder that the big thing that I always think about him is 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 it is a mental thing I think he's definitely got the the footballing talent I just wonder if you know 
he must feel some sort of letdown. He was, you know, he's he's got a Champions League winners medal, I think, or it was at least in and around the squad when they beat Spurs in the Champions League. Um, he was certainly in the travelling squad, and it must be a bit mm-hmm. disconcerting to think I must be on the verge of making my breakthrough, and and everywhere he goes, it doesn't quite happen for for one reason or another. We talked about him needing to fill out a bit. He does look like he's kind of bulked up a little bit, but it's still something's just not quite right there, is it? Yeah, I, I, I think there's there's a lot of questions in terms of in terms of the progress, um, and I agree with you. I, I think it must be hard to be kind of a player with a team of the quality of Liverpool and kind of a player of the team of quality of Blackpool. No disrespect, yeah. and just and not quite know where you sit and what's expected of you and what your priorities are. Um, so I think maybe if he can have a run playing in the Prem League 2 and, and having some responsibility. I thought the fact that he came in and captained them was quite interesting. Yeah, so perhaps that perhaps the Liverpool are looking at it as, you know, come on, Ben, you're, in, you're, you're kind of, in inverted commas, a senior member of this, this yeah. level of our players based on how long he's been there, his experience, as you said, you know, being part of the squad for the for that uh, that run at the uh, at the European Championship, uh, he's got international experience. You know, you can see how they might be saying, "You have the potential to be a leader here. Show us." Uh, and you know, maybe maybe that's a good point for him. The the cycle r- reminds me in a way of of Harry Wilson actually, mm. a young player kind of made his debut, burst on the scene in inverted commas, very young. Obviously, for Ben, it was, you know, he scored that great goal against Austria. And I think a lot of us, maybe not heaped pressure on him, but certainly kind of was like, oh, my God, this is this lad is the next one off the off the conveyor belt who's going to be the next big thing, whatever. And uh, and it's not really worked out. And if you look at what happened to Harry Wilson, a very, very similar thing. He kind of was always seemed to threaten to be on the verge of something. And it got to the stage, well, what, two years ago? Where he, you know, had that breakout season for Derby and then for Bournemouth, and, and and obviously he's playing a lot more football now. So I wonder if it just is an age thing. It just is going to take a bit of time, and for him to do a bit of growing up, and all of a sudden he can come back and kind of play, play football every week. Yeah, I mean, you forget how young he is. I think, I think he's twenty-one at the most now, maybe. Um, so, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of miles yet. Um, the one more person I did want to mention, sorry, was Rabi Matondo, um, because he's obviously moved to Stoke. Um, yeah, Ben Woodburn is twenty-one. Um, he's he's moved to Stoke. He's been there. He's been around the squad for the for the five games that they've had since. He started the first game uh, and the second game, but then came off the bench in a in a in a loss to Watford, and there's re- remained on the bench for the two games afterwards. Um, he is someone who I think you know in a similar vein needs a lot of football I think needs to kind of get used to being a professional footballer and and playing every week Um, I feel like this is a really important season for Rabi and I feel like this is a really important move for him because you know how many times have we talked about him needing extra end product Um, and that's something he really needs to develop and I just again I just worry about him a little bit you know he's he's not got any goals not got any assists you know I, you know, you know, maybe I'm expecting a bit too much of him already, but I'm just concerned again. He's not started the last two games, like I say. I just wonder, you know, if, is he in this sort of rut to an extent as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I think 
he's it seems like he's somewhat more involved than at, than at Schalke, but it's it's still not at the level that you'd you'd want to see. And it's obviously it's obviously concerning the trajectory that you've described over those four or five games in terms of his involvement. Um, I think Stoker Stoker's still trying to sort of find themselves, really, aren't they? And I, I can I can see that um, playing a part in in Robbie's development in that perhaps he isn't really a priority for them. He's on loan. They're looking at what he can deliver. He can't deliver quite what they want right now. And they're not going to invest in him in the same way because he's a lone, a lone player. You know, um, so I do, I'm, I'm with you. I worry about his, he's another one where you worry about his development from the point of view of, as you say, just getting used to being a, Saturday, Tuesday football player. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you'd have, I, the thing with Stoke is that they're, you know, six points off the off the playoffs at the moment. I, I, I kind of assume that they brought Rabi in to give them some sort of variation, some sort of dynamism, mm-hmm. and perhaps it's not yet worked out, or it's just going to take a bit of time. Like you say, their priority is not developing him. They're not they're not doing anyone any favors unless he's producing. They're not going to be that bothered. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that is. Um, endemic if that is the right word of, of his career so far in the in the you know we're waiting for him to produce something we're waiting for something to happen in it you know we're not we're not really sure when it is going to be that time for that thing to happen yeah agreed agreed um well there you go after saying we're almost finished we've obviously then waffled for another <laughs> 10 minutes as is our as is our way um we do have uh, a couple of new contributors uh, contributors one of those some, some people have joined <laughs> us um so we've had we're going to have some new um blogs and articles and, and whatever going out in the in the next couple of weeks there was one on swansea's transfer dealings that went out last last week which was great um we're going to have something about cardiff city going out this week as well so please keep your eye on that equally if you're you're having interest in uh, writing about welsh football please do get in touch with us on twitter or facebook and, and let us know if you want to contribute um like any angle of welsh football really um would be very much appreciated so please get in touch if you're keen to do that i don't think i've got anything else to add ruth you should tell people that the website is colemanhadadream.com then they can actually have a look at the articles (laughs) (laughs) oh you see this is why they this is why you always get invited onto the bbc uh, <laughs> and I'm in charge of the website. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, see these wonderful blogs. You can see our podcasts um, at uh, colemanhadadream.com. Um, yeah, I feel like I've, I've ruined the end of this podcast now, so I feel like I should stop talking. Uh, yeah, well, thank you to those of you who've contributed. Thank you to Ruth for making the website and res- reminding me about it. And, uh, you know, Good work, everyone. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back with another podcast next week. Is there anything else I've omitted uh, so far? <laughs> no, no, no. I think we're, we're all good. good. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Okay, well, there you are, ladies and gents. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy your week. Goodbye. Bye bye.